up, everybody? Welcome to episode 68 of the 2QB Experience. It's been a little while. Uh, I'm your host. My name is Greg Smith. You can find all my work over at 2QBs. And and on the other line, we have another one of the co-founders of 2QBs.com, and that's Salvatore Stefanelli, at 2QBFFB on Twitter. And today we're going to talk about the NFL's most quarterback-needy teams and how we expect them to address the passer position and free agency in the NFL draft. But, you know, before we get there, Sal, how are you doing, man? What's new in the life of the 2QB Godfather? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. It's been a while. I think I made, what, one appearance during the season? Yeah, you're just barely holding off Amico as the most frequent guest aside from <laughs> Josh Lake. So wait, wait uh, to stay ahead of, ahead of him, man. That's that's important. Should we um, call Josh randomly on Skype, see if he's around? <laughs> I've tried, man. I, I really want to get him back on, but I think he's, he's done, and, and that's fine. I mean... Godspeed to him and, and everything that he does, and I'll always appreciate uh, you know what he did for this podcast and what he did for not only two QBs dot com but you know two quarterback fantasy in general. Man, he's another one of the great ones like you. Definitely one of the two QB OGs, no doubt. But yeah, no, nothing really much going on around here. Saw Black Panther the other day. Really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, that movie was a lot of fun. Getting the website ready for no twenty eighteen season. Bring it on. Do you, you know, think that um, the Black Panther and its success could be a sign of perhaps like a, a Carolina Panthers, you know, season for the ages? Uh, is, is there any correlation there? You hope or you think? Uh, with North Turner <laughs> running the offense again. I mean. <laughs> Uh, one of the things about Black Panther is being hailed for its innovation and kind of revamping the Marvel Universe, so I'm not really sure if I can put the two and two together. I mean, maybe if no Puff Daddy was able to uh, put his ownership dream team together <laughs> and his his dream of uh, – or not his dream, but his stated intention of adding Colin Kaepernick to the team, then yeah, Kaepernick-Newton QB battle, that would be fun. Uh, just put them both in the backfield at the same time. That would be awesome. That would be that would truly be innovation. Yes. Well, I don't know. We're, we started talking football here. Is there anything else still on your mind from the 2017 season? I, I haven't done a show since between I think since before week 16. So we, we've got a lot to catch up on here. The Eagles are Super Bowl champs. Nick Foles Super Bowl MVP. This is crazy. But um, I mean that stuff's all been hammered to the ground. Anything else that's kind of been on your mind regarding you know the state of football, the state of fantasy, anything like that? I'm still trying to figure out if this past season was real or a dream. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Nick Foles, MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Alex Smith was the fantasy QB2 if we exclude week 17. I still don't know if that actually happened or just a script that I wrote in my head. <laughs> but I uh, know as most people, I'm not sure if most people know, but some people know I took this season off from playing fantasy football and I wasn't really sure if I would play it again, but I'm still involved pretty heavily in the fantasy industry. I mean, I, I run a website with you about fantasy football. So I'm still into the day-to-day minutia of fantasy football, but um, I, this past season of not playing fantasy football and not really watching much football gave me a chance to reflect as to why I wasn't involved in the playing and watching side of the game. And like just the, the year away gave me more clarity and perspective in terms of my role in the industry and what I can or can't do and what I can or can't control. Now, we spent a lot of time last offseason trying to bring awareness to the you know, topic of domestic violence and trying to raise money for the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And that's something I want to ramp up this year. You know, if people have gone to the website, they've noticed we have a, you know, a donation link on the side that that will take them to the uh, National Coalition Against Domestic Violence donation page. We have some blurbs at the bottom of our articles that do the same thing. So this year is more... I, I want to do more in terms of raising awareness of the issue and how it can impact people that play the game. I mean, it's a game we play that's based on a game, and sometimes people like myself are kind of conflicted as to playing and watching. But I've kind of like realized this past year that you know th- there's always going to be bad people in every industry that you know are involved in or take part in and to just try to find a way to 
compartmentalize your feelings towards the issue. So I think you know, last year I was heavily conflicted. Uh, I'm, I still am, but I've been able to just you know put it into better perspective. Well, yeah, and you're you're using your platform, you're using your voice. I mean, just on this podcast here to talk about this stuff and to raise awareness. And I think that's not you're not necessarily compartmentalizing, right? You 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 are and you aren't. Like you're you're separating it, but you're not ignoring it. And I think that's what's really important here. Uh, you know, for us to do, uh, you know, given our platforms and, and for, you know, everyone else to do with whatever platform they have. And so hopefully, you know, if, if you are listening to this or if you read an article on the site and you see the stuff that we have there for the NC, uh, National Coalition, NCADV, uh, then I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that can impact some positive change in, in your life, um, or, or in the life of someone else. And, and that's what we're hoping to do here. And, you know, if we get to play a, a game that we enjoy uh, and, and that helps, then, okay, that's that's cool. Um, it shouldn't be everything. Like, uh, this, these issues exist outside of fantasy football, too, and that's important to remember. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely important, I think, to continue to raise awareness given, you know, the platform that we have. And I'm, I'm just rambling at this point repeating <laughs> myself. But um, th- thanks for bringing that up. I'm, I'm glad you addressed that. Is there anything else you want to speak to on that topic or just a- about, you know, the the time you spend away and, and that reflection? Or do you want do you want to move on and, and talk some football? I mean, there's – I had conversations with people after it, some who understood, some who didn't, and some who took um, – huge offense to the reasons why I wasn't playing fantasy football. And there was something someone said to me that stuck with me that I would think about the whole during the whole season. And that was, you can't avoid supporting bad people. And so instead of trying to you know avoid fantasy football or football and finding ways to not support certain aspects of the game that you know made me struggle towards wanting to be involved i just want to find ways to highlight more of the positive aspects of the game and certain players and just you know trying to use whatever little platform i have to um you know raise awareness to the issue well and just at a, a base level you have to let yourself be a positive person to to, to a, a you know a large degree right if you, if you I, this is like kind of a pessimistic viewpoint to take but if you really drill down like you can find things to hate about everything and if if you do that stuff too much then I, I think it just degrades your quality of life and your enjoyment of life and we got to do what we can but we also need to understand that we can't control everything like you said uh, you can't necessarily avoid supporting bad people I mean you look at this this actually brings me up to I, this. This show suddenly got got really political, but all, all this stuff that's going on, you know, regarding gun, gun control right now in America. One of my buddies he sent me a link to this website called DrainTheNRA.com, and I don't don't again I don't want to get too deep into the political side of this, but it just kind of it was revelatory to me to see that this website was dedicated to pointing out you know which companies backed the NRA which companies back the gun lobby, all that stuff. And to see this list of companies, there were ones on there that surprised me and ones that I'd used before. And I, I'm pretty adamant about, you know, wanting more gun control in this country. And, you know, you can disagree with that if you want. That's fine. Uh, but in general, like, I realized it's like, well, I had no idea that this was going on. And so if, if you want to kind of dive in and look for all the negative and everything, like, yes, you might become a more knowledgeable and touch person with those sorts of things. And, and maybe that's important to you, but I'm also the type of person who I, I don't want to have to worry about that sort of stuff 24 hours a day. And fantasy football is one of the things that I do for enjoyment. I do it for fun. And uh, again, I don't want to say that domestic violence is important, that gun control is important. It's just, you do have to, this is that compartmentalization you were talking about, right? Where it's like, I can have fun playing fantasy football and still think that we need more gun control or, or that we need, uh, you know, uh, more outreach for uh, victims of domestic abuse. Like all this stuff is, is important and there's, it's really paradoxical, right? It's like, how do you budget your time, all that stuff. And again, I'm, I'm rambling here. Uh, we don't need to go too much deeper, but it, I, I like that, you know, we can talk about this stuff on a football podcast because it is related in, in one way or another. And, Again, we have the platform. If, if we care about this stuff, we should be talking about it 
to the people who are willing to listen. And if you stop listening to this podcast from here on out because you don't agree with my opinions, that's your prerogative. Go for it. You know, I'm not going to say good riddance, but, you know, like you do you and I'll do me. Um, but I think if we can have a, an intelligent discourse about this sort of stuff um, and kind of disassociate it from, you know, the stuff that isn't exactly related, like fantasy football, then that's a good thing, right? We're, we're improving as a society, as a culture, if we can do that sort of stuff. Yeah, as long as we can always have a civil debate conversation, I'm always up for that. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully in the long term we see some positive changes come on, you know, these fronts and others, but uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 sadly, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical about some of that stuff. But um, I mean, um, while we're on the topic, I just want to give a couple of quick shout-outs. As I mentioned, at the bottom of each of my articles that I'm going to write this year, there's going to be a donation link to the National Coalition of Domestic Violence, and that's something one of our newest writers, Bobby Koch, um, at Wrecked Fantasy, R-E-K-E-D, fantasy did today as well in his article and then there was a, a conversation that happened on twitter with at dff underscore shane of dynasty fantasy football where he's decided to do the same thing with um, links on his website so i mean it might be a little thing but in the grand scheme of thing i think that's a, a huge um thing to do in the fantasy industry yeah, that's awesome, man. And you'll find that stuff at the the bottom of my articles moving forward as well. Um, again, we we've got to use the the means that we have to, to promote this stuff. So um, check that out. Um, try to keep an open mind, listeners. And uh, you know, if you if you ever want to have a conversation or a discussion about this stuff, Sal and I are, are all ears. I, I would say or I shouldn't speak for you, but I'm all ears, and I assume you are too. So yeah, no, definitely. Okay, cool. Well, let's get into some football. Uh, maybe we should have saved that sort of talk for the end of the show, but. You know, we're winging it, man, and we're a little rusty, and uh, let's dive in here. I, I wanted to talk about the quarterback needy teams that are out there. These are the teams that could all be in the market for a new quarterback, and some are more obvious than others. You know, some of them have incumbent signal callers who could, you know, take over for the team full-time in 2018, and all of these teams that we're going to talk about have at least three picks in the first three rounds of the draft, so you might see them address quarterback that way. Um, some of them even have more picks than that. Uh, seven of the top 12 picks belong to uh, the teams on this list. And I'm just going to run through them real quick uh, just to kind of set the stage here. we got the Minnesota Vikings, the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, the New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns, and the Buffalo Bills. Those are kind of the big six. Beyond that, if you want to speculate a little bit more, I think you could talk about the Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Giants, the Baltimore Ravens, and maybe the Cincinnati Bengals, but probably not. Um, but let's let's focus on those first six initially. The Vikings, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Jets, the Browns, and the Bills. There are three big questions I think we need to address here. The first one is, is each team more likely to address quarterback in free agency or in the draft? And then the second big question is, which teams might do both? Kind of like the Bears did with Mike Lennon and Mitchell Trubisky in 2017. And then the last question I want to ask is more about the players themselves and Actually, you know what? Let's save that for later. Uh, let's let's tackle those first two questions first about the teams, and we'll start with the Minnesota. They don't really have any incumbents currently signed. Uh, Kyle Sloter, uh, 24-year-old quarterback, is the only guy they currently have on the roster. Uh, it's no secret that Case Keenum, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford are, are were there and, and are now you know possibilities to re-sign. The Vikings don't have a high draft pick though. I think their first pick is number 30 overall. What do you see the Vikings doing here? It seems like they're a pretty safe bet for a free agent. My opinion is that they're probably going to re-sign one of the guys they had, but you know, there's a lot of Kirk Cousins speculation. What are your thoughts here, Sal? Yeah, I mean, the Vikings are an inter interesting situation because of <clears throat> their you know, offense in general. They have Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. Dalvin Cook's going to be coming back. They have three quarterbacks that are all free agents in Bradford, Keenum, and Bridgewater. And I believe I'm looking at overthecap.com, and they have almost $50 million in cap space, which is the about the seventh most in the NFL. So they definitely have room to improve at the quarterback position in both the draft and free agency. I mean, you mentioned – big questions earlier one of them being which teams might do both in terms of drafting a quarterback and adding one in free agency i think the vikings fit that bill because of their draft slot 
No, they don't have uh, an early pick in the first round. You mentioned it's 30th overall, so that you're looking at some of the lower end first round, maybe early second round quarterback prospects that they can draft and mold for the future, but they have enough money to go after one of the top quarterbacks. And there's been some speculation of Kirk Cousins being attached to the Vikings. You know, he wants to play there. I think the team we've seen, we saw how far they went with Casey Keenum at quarterback. And if they were to add Kirk Cousins, that pretty much makes him a, I would say the top Super Bowl contender coming out of the NFC for 2018. So that'd be interesting to see if they were to sign someone like Cousins and then draft another quarterback of the future. Because I believe Cousins is what, like 29? I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's old, but not like he's super young. So there would be a, a pretty good bridge for him playing for a few years and then them molding a quarterback. That's if they don't bring back one of the three vets uh, they had on the team last year. I think Keenum is probably going to fetch a decent amount of money. Bradford always has that injury concern, so you never know what what could happen there. But I know uh, from reading articles that Mike Zimmer is still high on Teddy Bridgewater as being the quarterback of the future. So maybe they decide to save their money, not go after someone like Cousins, and just hope that Bridgewater is you know, all good to go, and then they draft someone at 30 or 62 they can you know, mold in the the form of a you know a backup quarterback of the future. Yeah, it's a fascinating case because Keenum was just straight up really good for them in 2017, but of those options that we've kind of listed here, only Bradford is older. I mean, actually they're both the same age. They're both 30. So if they go after Cousins, they they get a guy who's a year younger. Uh if they keep Bridgewater, Bridgewater's 25. So I, I could see like that narrative makes sense to me, you know, pay for Bridgewater because one, he'll be cheaper than the other two guys. And two, because he's younger and you know there is still a chance that you could develop him into being a long-term starter. And, and especially if they are going to use one of their draft picks on a QB as well, I could see that being the plan, right? It's like, see what they got in Bridgewater, try to make that work. And if not fall back on whoever you draft. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I have a feeling that Keenum might have a little bit more clout there than, you know, I'm giving him credit for just because he did have that good year in 2017. But I don't know. It, it'll be fascinating. I, I think that if they do draft somebody, it'll probably be pretty tough for them to get somebody with the pedigree, you know, at pick 30 that would immediately unseat a guy like Bridgewater or Keenum or Bradford if they brought any of those back guys back or any, you know, uh, you know, other veteran or, or incoming free agent. So, um, I think that whoever they sign is probably a safe bet to start most of the season, which is important to know as a two QB owner. Like you don't want to end up with a guy like Glennon on your fantasy team who's not going to stick around past whatever week he lasted until. Um, so crazy situation in Minnesota. Um, lots of good weapons. Um, let's move on. Let's get to the Broncos next. They've got Chad Kelly, Paxton Lynch, and Trevor Simeon still on the roster, uh, ages 23, 24, 26 respectively. It's pretty safe to say that Semyon is not the answer. I know that Lynch is still very young and could continue to develop, but I feel like he's probably done as well, or he's had enough chances with that organization that he's not going to be viewed as the answer either. I think Kelly is really interesting, but the Broncos also have the fifth pick of the draft and the 40th pick of the draft. And I think it's a pretty safe bet to think that they're going to go after one of those top prospects uh, in the rookie class. What do you expect to see from Denver? I mean, I know this will probably be repeated over and over again during this podcast, but Kirk Cousins is the skeleton key of this quarterback free agency class, and the Broncos are another team that have been linked to him. And if the Broncos were to go after someone like Kirk Cousins, uh, using pick five on a, a rookie quarterback would not make any sense. So maybe even... With that pick 40, when they have someone like Chad Kelly is 23, Paxton Lynch is 24, even Trevor Simeon here is 26. So I think it's kind of boomer bust in terms of free agency quarterback signings for the Broncos. I think they're going to go hard after Cousins and try and lure him in as much as they can with, uh, you know, he's going to want a lot of money and looking at their cap situation. Theirs isn't as good as the team we mentioned earlier, the Vikings are at 27 million dollars in cap space so i'm not sure what kind of i think they'd have to offer him like an incentive laden deal to bring him there but the situation is pretty good in denver where they're 
where I feel like that offense needs to have like a, an, another top end quarterback to bring it back into you know, relevance in the NFL and for fantasy for two quarterback leagues. Yeah. I think the re- because they have that fifth pick, that's the reason I think Cousins doesn't make as much sense there. And, and not to say that Cousins wouldn't be a good fit and that they don't want him to be their guy, you know, if, if the price is right. But because they can draft, you know, a, a good prospect or a highly touted prospect at fifth overall if they want to, that, you know, to me means that they might be willing to settle for Nick Foles, Case Keenum, A.J. McCarron, uh, maybe Tyrod Taylor if he gets cut. Somebody to be a bridge for, you know, whoever they pick at five. And this is all, you know, completely ignoring the fact that they just drafted Chad Kelly last year, and he's a pretty damn good prospect himself. So maybe that's the answer is maybe they do pay up for cousins. Maybe they use pick five on some other position altogether and they let Chad Kelly be, you know, the quarterback of the future or the guy, or the guy they try to develop. I think that that's also a, a very real uh, storyline that, that we could see play out here. Um, it, it's, they have a lot of options and I think that that makes them pretty fascinating, but, but also, you know, because they have so many options, way harder to predict, right? I, we don't really know what the hell they're going to do. You know, I mean, it's just such an interesting offseason for the quarterback position because we have guys like Cousins, Breeze, the three Vikings quarterbacks, Josh McCown, Jay Cutler, Agent McCarron, who you just mentioned. I think we have about five quarterbacks who have been talked about as potential first-round quarterbacks and Rosen, Darnold, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Baker, Mayfield. So that's what, like 13 quarterbacks I just mentioned who currently don't have teams who could shake up the like the way this league looks in terms of starters at the quarterback position. So like every team you look at what they could do has uh, like a domino effect in terms of fantasy football. So like let's take the Denver Broncos for example. They draft Kirk Cousins, he's going to go in the QB1 tier. Uh, if they draft someone like, you know, Josh Allen in the first round, does he become a potential like top 15 fantasy quarterback? If they sign AJ McCarron, is he like a top 20 fantasy quarterback? So like, it's fascinating to talk about what could happen, but I just want everything to be over and done with so that we know like what, where everyone stands. Yeah, man, that draft guide isn't going to write itself, but that, that, that point you bring up about how many potential quarterbacks are coming in to new situations is is really good and that's actually why i think those you know more fringy qb needy teams like the dolphins jaguars and giants that's why i think that they might be more likely this season than others to make a move you know to try something new and shake things up because none of those teams except for maybe the jaguars are going to be considered you know major super bowl contenders uh so you know it might be time to move on from the Ryan Tannehills, the Eli Mannings, the Joe Flacco's, the Andy Dalton's of the world. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, but, you know, we, we said we're going to stick to these core six teams. Let's do that first. Uh, Arizona Cardinals are up next. They literally have no quarterbacks on the roster right now. Their first draft pick is number 15 overall. Um, and, and I guess we've talked a lot about a lot about draft picks to this point. We should also note that there are going to be trades on draft day, too, and that's going to mess up any speculation we throw out this early in the offseason. So, Grain of salt alert, grain of salt alert, right? But um, the Cardinals, Carson Palmer's retired. Blaine Gabbert and Drew Stanton, you know, played their last season. They're both free agents, and, you know, I could see them potentially resigning one or both because they're familiar with the system. But even if they do that, you got to think that another quarterback is coming too, either a, a draft pick or some other free agent to compete with Gabbert or Stanton. Yeah, I think the the Cardinals with their draft spot right now it's 15 overall. I feel if they want to get one of the whoever they consider the top quarterback on their draft board, they are going to have to trade up a bit. Uh, I'm not sure what their ammunition would be in terms of draft picks and players, but if they're looking at someone like Rosen or Allen, who are mentioned as like top five, top ten picks, then they're going to have to give something up. But with a, a team like that, that's kind of I don't want to say that they're old on offense, but uh, like the younger players, like John Brown, I believe is free agents. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald said he's going to come back. So like trading away picks, does that really make sense for a team like the Cardinals? So if they stick at 15, are they looking at someone like, I don't know, Baker Mayfield perhaps? Is he the future quarterback? But I know 
Arizona definitely wants a quarterback because they they made some sort of like trailer for a documentary series they're working on, and like the focus is all about getting a quarterback to replace Carson Palmer. So they're definitely in the market. So I can see this maybe being a potential uh, Chicago Bears situation, like you mentioned, draft a quarterback and sign a free agent quarterback. And if they did that, I think like they're looking at the AJ McCarron tier of type of free yeah. agent quarterbacks. I totally agree. I, I feel like this is the perfect team to first, you know, sign one of the lesser than quarterback free agents, uh, McCarron, Bradford, um, maybe one of the other leftover guys from Minnesota, or, or even like a complete retread like Gabbert Stanton or Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, and then settle for somebody in the draft too. Like again, probably not trading up from fifteen, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, we could even see them wait until later in the draft if they feel it. Maybe there's a guy they like that's, you know, not quite as hyped. Maybe they wait till the, the second round with the 47th pick uh, to get their QB uh, rather than spend that, you know, number 15 overall pick on one. But I, I do think there will be at least some interesting options there available at 15 because as much as we love to mock draft quarterbacks going in the top five or the top ten, because there are so many viable prospects this year, because it is such a you know a loaded quarterback class in terms of rookies, I think that one of them is probably going to slip to 15, and the Cardinals might be counting on that. Uh, and, and because of that, I think that it is a good bet for them to maybe go after one of the yeah, again the you know not the Kirk Cousins uh, or the Nick Foles, the expensive guys, um, but you know one of those other dudes. I, th- I think that's a, a great call, and, and I totally agree. Um, let's go to the Jets next. They have, you know, the same mess of QBs that they've had for a little while here. Bryce Petty, Christian Hackenberg, uh, both on the roster. Joel, is it Joel Stave or Joel Stave? I want to say Stave because that just sounds cooler. <laughs> Rico Stave. <laughs> um, I, I don't think any of those guys is the answer. I'm, I'm sure you agree. Uh, draft picks, they've got four in the first three rounds, including number six overall, number 37 overall. Um, we could definitely see them use one of those two picks on a QB. I think there's a really good shot that sixth pick uh, that they have is going to be a quarterback. And, and they're a team who I could see trading up maybe into the top five if they feel like there's a guy they want and they don't want one of the other, you know, QB needy teams to snipe them. What are your thoughts on the Jets? I mean, again, just uh, from everything I've been reading, it just seems it's Kirk Cousins or bust for them. I, I'm not sure who it was that tweeted out today, but they're, it's like, oh, the Jets are going to offer Kirk Cousins $60 million in the first year of their contract. So basically they're just going to you know, back up the Brinks truck to his driveway and just skip the bank on that one. And that would be pretty great for fantasy purposes because we saw what Josh McCown did in, the, in that offense last year. Uh, no one really expected him. He went undrafted in two quarterback leagues, according to our redraft ADP. Finished the season as the fantasy QB 16 when he excluded Week 17 and had you know, five top 12 finishes. He was a QB2, which was top 24 better in 11 games. So I think this is one of the situations where it's kind of like the Jets and the Vikings, I think, would be the best landing spots for Kirk Cousins from a fantasy perspective. And when you kind of, like, tie all the, the storylines together, how much money they're willing to offer him, how much cap space they have, which is uh 73 million according to over the cap which is the fourth most in the NFL the um Jeremy Bates connection under the Mike Shannon coaching tree as he's the new coordinator for the Jets I think this is just it's Kirk Cousins I, I know you like they have the pick 6 and they have the pick 37 so they have ammunition the ammunition uh, to trade up if they want one of the top guys and they want to secure their quarterback of the future. But I think there has to be someone in that, in that building who still believes in Hackenberg, who still believes in Petty. They're both under 27 years old. So it just seems like this would be a great spot for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I I don't see any reason to believe in either of those guys long term. I know they're still young, but from everything we've heard about Christian Hackenberg, you know, the reports coming out of New York and just – how many opportunities he's had to kind of put it together and at least get on the field for a game. And it's just like, nope, not happening. Christian Hackenberg, you know, he's, he's not ready. And it's like, I mean, I get that if you, if you really think that a player is a project and you're in the same division as the new England Patriots, maybe you do just hold him off and you say, okay, we'll let him get good on the sidelines. But eventually these guys have to play, man. And if he's not playing, 
he's not going to ever get used to that, you know, NFL game speed. Uh, you know, practices is not the same. And I, I think that, you know, if he was going to get a shot, he would have got it by now. And considering the fact that they do have so much cap space because they have the draft picks, it's a pretty safe bet that I don't think Petty or Hackenberg are going to be the, the week one starter there for the Jets. They might get in there on some, you know, on an injury or some other craziness, but um, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that they will uh, make a good play for Cousins. And there's all this talk about how Cousins wants to go to a winner. He wants to go somewhere where he can win. And I think a lot of people will write off the Jets for that reason. Uh, but I don't know if that's necessarily wise because, you know, the, the Jets aren't necessarily as bad as maybe they're perceived to be. You mentioned, you know, how much Josh McCown was able to do with his limited weapons last season. Uh, you put a, a real quarterback there and, and you get some of the weapons back. You know, Quincy Nunwell comes back, hopefully. Uh, I, I could see that being a place where he could succeed. And I also think that when players say, you know, I, I want to go where I can win, they say that until they see, you know, the the check that's that's placed in front of them. You know, like time and time again, we see athletes go after the money, and they should, to be honest, because the, their careers are so short. Like everything we know about concussions and injuries to this point, like you should go get paid if you can. And and I think that that's going to matter, and that's why the Jets are still a real player, even if they're not necessarily viewed as, you know, quite as good a situation as a team like the Vikings or the Broncos, but. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You're right. Kirk Cousins is, is kind of the key domino here that we're waiting to fall. And after he does, then we'll, we'll see where everything else goes into place. Uh, next up, another team that's, you know, not really perceived as a winner, uh, the Cleveland Browns. In fact, they have only won one game in what, three years? <laughs> um, they have Deshaun Kaiser, Cody Kessler, Kevin Hogan, all guys that we saw at least a little bit in 2017. Kaiser's only 22 and I will believe till the day I die that he was not really given a fair shake in 2017. They did not set him up to succeed. And that's an indictment of Hugh Jackson. It's not an indictment of Kaiser, who I think, you know, still, no matter what we saw in the field last season, he's a guy who still has some potential. And, you know, we, we could see that bear out. Maybe not with the Browns, but perhaps with another team down the road. The problem is, is the Browns are probably going to also make a huge offer to Cousins. They have the first pick and the fourth pick in the draft, as well as four other picks in the first three rounds. They've got a lot to do here, and we can pretty easily imagine them getting one of the top QB prospects from the rookie class and also perhaps going after a free agent like Cousins. I don't even know how to speculate on these guys, to be honest, because like like we talked about earlier, with the Cardinals, or with the Broncos, excuse me, there are just so many directions they can go. But I, I have to believe that there's going to be a new starting quarterback there week one. Do you agree? Uh, I, I do agree, but I don't want to agree. <laughs> uh, like you mentioned, they kind of like jerked around Dijoni, Kaiser, a lot last year. You know, started him, taking him out of games, putting him in back into games but you have to remember he's 22 he, he started 15 games as a 21 year old and i just want to give him some props because i know we there's a lot of bad mouthing of kaiser from a fantasy perspective last year but when i was researching the stats today you know he put up 15 or more fantasy points in seven games he finishes a qb1 seven times like that stat kind of blew my mind i was not expecting Is that right that you mean top top twelve QB? Top twelve fantasy QB. Dang. I did not expect that when I was researching the numbers today, and like it's a pretty good offense. Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, David, I don't even know how to say his and name. Joku, Joku. Uh, rumors of Terrell Pryor maybe coming back. Um, so Joe Thomas decides to return that will give a boost to the O line. So this is a great place for whoever starts a quarterback, and it just. This it's mind-boggling because they really can go any way they want. They could draft two quarterbacks with the first and the fourth pick. They can draft uh, a quarterback at one. They can draft the quarterback 33, 35. They can try and go after Cousins because they are the team that has the most cap space at $110 million. They could save money and uh, go after A.J. McCarron, who Hugh Jackson has like a, a crush on and was willing to give away some valuable picks <laughs> to get him last year. So this is both uh, an intriguing place for real-life football and fantasy football because whoever starts at quarterback next, at week one is going to have the pressure of being on a team that's only won one game in the past couple seasons and who basically, in fantasy purposes, 
depending on who it is, could either be like a top end fantasy quarterback or like a potential sneaky mid tier QB two. Yep, definitely. To put a little bit more context to your Kaiser stat of seven top 12 finishes, I'm more of a top 10 guy, and, and maybe we can argue about that if you want to. I, I find more value in top 10 because uh, we're not going to – never mind. I'm not going to get into it. But he only had four top 10 finishes, so three of those top 12s were, were 11th or 12th. Still, it, the, both those numbers sound better than I would have expected, expected if I had it. to you know recall it from memory <laughs> with, with Kaiser. So, uh, yeah, that's it's interesting. I – I also, what you said about Kaiser not getting a fair shake, I think you could say the same thing about Kessler and Kevin Hogan. Like, yeah. just as much as they jerked Kaiser out of the lineup, they jerked those other guys into the lineup and then benched them again so Kaiser could start. Like, no one really got a fair look. And I don't know if it's because, if it's because the Browns were tanking and, you know, thought that Kessler or Hogan would give them a better chance to win than Kaiser. Like, I, I as much as I want to believe that, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't know if they would have won that many games with any of, of those three QBs, but the the fact remains that none of them really got a good look, and none of them were really schemed for independently. You know, they weren't given uh, an offense that was designed to let them succeed. And I think that, you know, if you look at what happened with Jared Goff, you look at what happened with Nick Foles in his playoff run, like that's what the good teams do. They take the scheme and they mold it around the players. They don't ask players to fit into a rigid scheme. That's just stupid. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. So, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by this this situation because Hugh Jackson is still there. Like, are we going to see more of the same? I have no idea. Uh, it just seems like it's a, a situation with Kaiser already there. He's 22, Kessler's 24, Hogan's 25, where they're probably probably going to draft the quarterback with one of their – for uh, one of their two picks that are either one or four, and then probably go after someone like A.J. McCarron. And what we've seen with Hugh Jackson in the past, it could be A.J. McCarron under center week one. And so who knows what that could look like. But I just want to give Kevin Hogan a quick shout-out. If there was ever a weird but true fantasy football stats Hall of Fame, he would be in it just for being a fantasy quarterback that finished as a top-12 quarterback twice in games he didn't start. Yeah, that is an amazing stat. I, I do love that. Let's talk about AJ McCarron for a brief moment here because I'm not convinced that he's good. And the fact that Hugh Jackson likes him so much doesn't necessarily make me change my mind at all. Right. You know, we, we've seen how he handled his quarterbacks this past season. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on Hugh Jackson. I mean, maybe I am a little bit, but that's not the point I'm trying to make here. The point I'm trying to make is that we haven't seen AJ McCarron do all that much. And he's already 27 years old. If he was really that great of a prospect, don't you think we would have seen him get a shot over Andy Dalton, you know, maybe a little bit more recently? Am I, am I not giving Andy Dalton enough credit? Or, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that McCarron is that intriguing as a free agent. I think he's going to go. I think he's the next Mike Glennon is really what it comes down to. You can quote me on that, too. Don't at me, but you can quote me. <laughs> well, he's definitely in line to be the next Mike Glennon because if Cleveland is going to go after him because Hugh Jackson wants him. He's going to get a big contract. You mentioned he's 27. His birthday is actually in September, so he'll be 28 when the season starts. So he's even older than we think he is. But like I said, he hasn't really shown much. If the Bengals really thought much of him, they probably would have given him more starts over the seasons because they, were, they haven't always been in playoff contention near the end. Um, we saw him get a little bit of a run there the year Andy Dalton was injured. So he just seemed like a, a, a competent backup quarterback, which there are many of, but in today's NFL that can net you a, like a $15 million per year contract. Yep. And in those starts that he had that year that Dalton got hurt, he progressively got worse. Like he had a good first game and then he was a little worse and then he was a little worse. Like it's one of those things where as teams kind of, you know, started to scheme against him a little bit more and maybe him, I don't know. I think it's always easy for a backup to come in and succeed in that first game. I mean, Kevin Hogan's a great example, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the more tape that opposing defenses get on you, uh, the, the more they, you know, can learn to exploit your, your bad tendencies. And, I mean, it's been a long time for McCarron since then. So, yes, he could be better. He could have, you know, developed and improved since then. But I'm not convinced he's this he's going to change your franchise because if he was that type of player, I think he would have changed the Bengals franchise by now. He, I'm, I'm convinced he's going to be this year's Glennon, but we'll see. Uh, last major team here on our list to talk about is the Buffalo Bills. 
And they do still have Tyrod Taylor under contract, but reports are that he's probably, or, or not probably, but he's a candidate to get cut. Uh, he's 28 years old, and they just drafted Nathan Peterman last year. We saw him have that awful, awful game <laughs> against the Chargers uh, when he got to start in, in this past season. Maybe they still believe in Peterman. I mean, he is a, a young player, uh, kind of along the lines of what we talked about with Hackenberg earlier. We can't you know, tie all of our fantasy evaluations to that one terrible game he had. The Bills don't have the high draft picks that some of these other teams have, though. Uh, they pick uh, 21st and 22nd back-to-back in the first round, uh, and then they have three more picks in the first three rounds. I don't necessarily know if I want them to bring Taylor back because it seems like Taylor maybe just needs a change of scenery. But what do you expect these guys to do? It's not like there's a, a clear-cut choice here, and this is a, a destination where I don't see a whole lot of free agents being excited to go to. This might be where... This might be the consolation prize for you know the quarterbacks who are left over after Kirk Cousins goes, after Nick Foles goes, after Case Keenum goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a, a perplexing one for me because you know, they've picked 21 and 22, but most of the quarterbacks should be like at least uh, the top five guys. Maybe Lamar Jackson could be there that late. But mo- I'm just going to assume most of the quarterbacks are going to be gone by the time they're on the board. There's been rumors of them maybe trading up into the top 10. And when you have picks 21 and 22, I mean, that will make it easier to trade up because that's two first-round picks you could potentially throw in. But, I mean, ideally I'd like to see Taylor stay there and play in an offense that believes in him, but I don't think that's the case with the current Buffalo regime. Uh, Nathan Peterman, we saw what he did last year with the five-interception half. Uh, I'm not saying that's what he's going to be like for the rest of his career, but it wasn't a promising start. And so it's kind of, they don't really have the largest cap space to go after, like a Kirk Cousins type. So you mentioned they might be trying to go after the McCarrens or maybe the Keenums or the Bradfords and it could be like a, a one year veteran situation. And then they grab a quarterback next year if they don't trade up or grab one this year. So I'm not really sure how this one is going to play out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Let's dive into some of these other uh, teams here, the maybe less likely to move on to a new QB teams. Um, and we'll keep this a little more brief. We'll kind of go rapid fire here and with the two big questions. You know, is the team more likely to address quarterback and free agency or the draft? And then which teams might do both? Let's start with the Dolphins. They have Tannehill, David Fales, and Brandon Doty on the roster. And their first draft pick is number 11. Do you see them more likely going after a free agent or drafting a QB? I mean, they're going to have to make some moves because I know they just franchise-tagged Jarvis Landry. That was breaking news before we started the podcast. And if I saw correctly, that comes with a $16.2 million cap hit. As of right now, they only have uh, $8.2 million cap space, so they can't go after a high-end quarterback. So that would kind of leave them out of the free agency race unless – you know, Jay Cutler were to come back, but he was what, 10 million last year? And I can't really see too many quarterbacks on this current free agency list signing for like, uh, like a two or three million dollar one year type of deal. So I feel like with the 11th pick, if they want a quarterback, that would be the route the Dolphins are going to take. And cause we still don't really know how Tannehill is going to be when he comes back. And it's not like he's been a, a surefire franchise quarterback over the years. Did you know that Tannehill was 29? I looked that up for this podcast, and that surprised me. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, that does seem well. I thought maybe like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. He's been in the league, what, four or five years now? Yeah, it, it, that surprised me. And I mean, I, I do think that he's going to get the first shot there, and they'll probably draft somebody at 11th or, or maybe later in the draft. But um, you, you're right, the, the cap there, the cap issues that they're under is going to kind of tell the story. Uh, let's go to the Jaguars next. Uh, the only incumbent there is Blake Bortles. And because they were so good in 2017, they don't have a high draft pick. They pick at the end of the first round at 29th overall. I think it's safe to say that if these guys do something, it'll probably be via free agency. Do you agree? Yeah, I think it'd just be like a, a backup veteran that can just come in there and play in a pinch if Bortles gets injured or something like that. Yep, totally agree. And I think it, it could almost be any of the guys that we've talked about <laughs> potentially landing there. Did um uh, is Chad Henney did he say he's retired or is he just a free agent right now? Chad Henney, I'm not sure. I don't know. 
Yeah, just yeah, it seems like a Chad Henney type would be the the route the Jags would take. I that's that's what I would imagine, unless they decide they like one of the like the second round type of quarterbacks and decide to use their late first round pick on someone. I just went to Roto World and looked at Chad Henney, and his most recent blurb was from August 26th of last <laughs> year. It says the Jaguars coach Doug Marone announced Blake Bortles will be his Week One starter. So nothing has happened to Chad Henney since then. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. All right, uh, next up, and this is probably the most interesting of these other options to me, these other teams to me. It's the New York Giants. Uh, they have the second overall pick. They have a 37-year-old Eli Manning, and they have Davis Webb, who they drafted last season. They also pick 34th. I think Manning is probably going to get one more shot, but I've long been of the opinion that Manning is washed, and not trying to disrespect the dude. He had a, had a good career. I mean, winning those Super Bowls, you, know, you can't take that away from him. Not at all. But it seems like it's time for the Giants to find a new QB. Is it Davis Webb? Is it somebody they pick seven, second overall? Do they bring in a free agent? Like, I think because Manning's there, a free agent doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What do you think? I mean, I think it's going to depend on what Pat Shermer sells the Giants front office on. Do they want to use that second pick on a quarterback, groom him under Eli for another year, or does Pat Sherman believe in what Casey Keenum did last year and try to bring him into the Giants as a, to compete with Manning for the quarterback job this offseason? But I'm not sure if Casey Keenum is the type of guy that would want to come in, get a lot of money, knowing that he's going to be the backup. So it's it, like having Eli there for another year, which seems to be what the Giants are planning on doing, kind of messes things up to where I just think – they're kind of out of the free agent quarterback race unless they bring in like another Geno Smith type. But I feel like that, that second pick overall now is a good chance for them to take a stab and draft their quarterback of the future. Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame for Davis Webb because, you know, maybe <laughs> as, as early as last year he thought he was that dude, you know, and it, it doesn't seem like things are trending in that direction. Uh, next up, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Joe Flacco's still there and Josh Woodrum backing him up. They have the 16th overall pick in the draft. I only bring this up because I think Joe Flacco is bad, and <laughs> I don't think the Ravens are looking to move away from Joe Flacco. Again, like like Manning, he has that Super Bowl winner pedigree, which you know the, the Ravens didn't win the Super Bowl because of Joe Flacco, but it doesn't matter, right? Like that yeah. that has some gravitas to it, and he's going to be able to live off that for a while. I think at least one more year, but. This is a team I think could benefit from a quarterback change, and because there are so many available options, either through the draft or through free agency, I don't think we can completely count them out. What do you see them doing? I just I see them st- standing pat because I think they are the mindset. Joe Flacco still has a couple of years left in him of being a you know quote unquote leader or game manager at the quarterback position for him. That he's been there for so long, he knows the system. And I just haven't seen the Ravens attached with, you know, drafting a quarterback or signing one of these free agent quarterbacks. So I just think they're going to just stay the way they are. They should just sign Tyrod Taylor and go full circle. That's what that, that's what really needs to happen. That would be amazing. Would they – they would be better with Tyrod Taylor than Joe Flacco. Yes. That's I not think, a question. I'm just I'm just saying that. Like, that, that, that would make them better. I mean, they would be better with Josh McCown. <laughs> Uh, the Joe Flacco hate is so strong. Um, one more team, Cincinnati Bengals. And I kind of said at the beginning that I don't expect these guys to move on either. It seems like they're still pretty entrenched with Andy Dalton. He's only 30 years old. They have the 12th pick in the draft. The, the AJ McCarron thing is, is interesting. Like, I don't think they're going to try to resign. I don't think they can afford to resign him. But this is another team where it seems like they're kind of spinning their wheels with Dalton and whether or not he's going to be the full-time starter in 2018. Like, I, I don't think that necessarily precludes them from going after a QB in the draft uh, or maybe going after maybe a, a higher upside free agent type of player. Like, let's say that the Vikings re-sign Keenum. They, they pick him over their other options. Like, maybe the Bengals bring in Bridgewater. I don't really have a great feel for what these guys are going to do because, like you said with the Ravens, I think the Bengals are going to stand pat with Dalton and just use those draft picks on uh, you know other positions, but I I think we could see them make a move, and I think if anything, it would make sense to go after a free agent, somebody to challenge Dalton. I just I don't know if they are really built to do that or, or, or ready to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really see them bringing in a quarterback to challenge Dalton or drafting one high, but I could see them maybe using their second or third round pick on a quarterback they can groom under Dalton. He's already 30 years old. Jeff Driscoll is the backup quarterback. We don't, I don't view him as a long-term starting option in the league. So this just seems like a situation where the uh, where the Bengals are just going to hold steady, stick it out with Dalton, and maybe look at a younger guy they can bring under him. Now you reminded me today on Twitter via you know a little <laughs> conversation that Jeff Driscoll was someone you had written an article on. I didn't actually go back and reread the article, but what do you remember from writing that? What stood out to you about Driscoll? His uh, athleticism. Um, he was. Someone who I looked at, if you know, he was in the 49ers system at the time where Chip Kelly was head coach, we've seen what type of quarterbacks and put up fantasy numbers in his system. And I just thought, you no, know, if he was to get a shot, he'd be able to, you know, be someone who can get fantasy points on the ground, which is always a cheap way to get fantasy production. So with that in mind, is this another team, the Bengals, where Tyrod Taylor would be an upgrade over what they already have? Yeah, I think you can look at the depth charts of each NFL team and make the case that Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than the incumbent for quite a few teams. Yep. I, I'm I'm less sure about that. Like I still think Dalton is a, an interesting player. I don't like he wasn't really set up for success in two thousand seventeen considering how bad their offensive line was. And I talked about this um, in an article that is going to come out soon on the site, uh, a little email exchange that you and I did, that I care more about offensive line more and more every year and more than I ever have. So I, I think that, you know, depending upon how they can address that concern, we could see Dalton get back to being, you know, a top 15 fantasy quarterback. Who knows? But that's not to say that Tyrod Taylor couldn't do the same thing given that sort of situation. And, and he's younger than Dalton. Like, again, I think I think Taylor makes sense for somebody to take a shot on if the Bills don't. And he's the guy who I think is most fascinating, except for maybe Cousins uh, or, or maybe Keenum. I think Keenum's interesting because he was so bad for so long and, <laughs> and then now just had this one awesome season. But anyway, that, that's all the teams I wanted to talk about specifically. I want to ask one last big question about the the free agent QBs that are out there. And I, I guess we can also talk about the incumbents who are already on some of these teams. But which one of these guys do you think is good enough to keep a starting role over a rookie that gets drafted? Kind of like Alex Smith did with the Chiefs uh, over Pat Mahomes. Like We talked about how right. Mike Lennon had to take a backseat to Mitch Trubisky eventually, but what about the opposite case? Which one of these QBs do you, do you think are, are going to hold off the rookie that, that might come into that franchise? Some of the quarterbacks we've talked about? Well, yeah, I mean, any of the available free agents or maybe any of the incumbents who are, like, is, is Blake Bortles going to hold someone off if they bring someone in? Like, kind of, I guess, cherry pick whichever player you want to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, I think Bortles should hold on to his job. Uh, Eli probably will just because I think they want to give him a proper send-off in New York. I think, like I mentioned, Dalton's still a type of quarterback that should be able to hold off whoever, if they were to bring in a rookie. How about the free agents? What I mean, Cousins is a pretty easy call. Uh, how about Foles? Do you think someone signs Foles but also drafts a player, drafts one of the top QB prospects? How do you think that would play out? I guess it depends on the team and their situation. Uh, I mean, when I, I was doing my research, these are the, the quarterback depth charts that I have that I'm monitoring. The Bills, the Jets, the Browns, the Broncos, the Vikings, Cardinals, and the Saints. Saints most likely will sign Drew Brees, but if they for some reason don't, that's a pretty fascinating situation depending on the type of quarterback they would bring in there. Um, like say the Bills, they, Tyrod Taylor's a potential cut candidate, but the Jets, the Broncos, the Vikings, Cardinals don't currently have a QB1 in place. The Browns do, but he's not a quarterback I think Hugh Jackson wants to be his QB1. And then the free agent class like Kirk Cousins... Drew Brees, get the Vikings, Keenum. I believe Foles is still under contract, but could be a trade candidate. So it's kind of a a interesting question that you bring up, and I can see why you brought it up. But it's kind of just hard to pick because some teams just don't have a quarterback in place. And I think maybe the opposite is which teams, if they were to draft a quarterback, um, would replace the the quarterback that's already starting, and if we if I were to answer my own question, I think the Dolphins would be an interesting one if they were to draft a quarterback high, and I think I, I while I don't see it happening, 
the Bengals would be another one where if they drafted a rookie with that 12th pick, could have a, uh, the potential to replace Dalton. I just don't see it happening, but I could see it happening in Miami. Yeah, I mean, it, it all really depends on how good the team is, right? Like if you if you sign if you have Andy Dalton, plus you have some new rookie who comes in. If the Bengals are winning, they're not going to move away from Dalton. So you kind of have to try to forecast that as a fantasy owner. Like come draft season is okay. The Bengals have Dalton and Josh Rosen. Uh, just you know, I'm you know using fake or like I'm speculating here, right. of course. Um, who like how how many losses before Dalton would lose his job? And that's the question you have to ask yourself yeah. with these situations. And I think the the perfect uh, example that I always use is the Josh Freeman Mike Glennon situation. When we we saw the Bucks, they kept losing, they kept losing, and they finally decided to give Mike Glennon a shot over Josh Freeman. So, I mean, looking at the teams here we talked about, I think just the, Branco, the Broncos and the Jets, if they were to draft the quarterback at five or six, would pro- most likely assume the QB1 position. Yeah, see, the Broncos are actually one of the ones that I'm – I'm fascinated. I'm just fascinated by Chad Kelly. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that you know he, he's one of those guys who seemed to fall in the draft for reasons that didn't have anything to do with his ability or his production in college. And I, I don't know. I think that he could, if even if they draft somebody, I, I think if they bring in a free agent, he probably doesn't have a shot. But if all they do is draft somebody to come in and compete, then. I could see Kelly perhaps holding someone off just because he's been there for a year learning the playbook because Lynch and Semyon are already known to be, you know, not that great. I don't know. If they use the fifth pick on somebody, it'll be really hard to justify not starting that player <laughs> over Chad Kelly. So I'm, I'm probably wrong, but he's the guy who's the most interesting to me. Sal, do you have anything else on these quarterbacks or these team situations we've talked about or anything else about fantasy in general before we get out of here? Yeah, there's one situation we, we don't bring it up a lot in fantasy circles because the assumption is Patrick Mahomes is the next elite fantasy quarterback. But the Chiefs currently don't have any backup quarterbacks on the roster. They have basically no money to spend right now. But I'm very intrigued to see what they do with that backup quarterback position because, like, what happens if – you know, Patrick Mahomes is not the answer at quarterback, and they miss Alex Smith's veteran presence on that team. And or Patrick Mahomes get injured, gets injured, they still have a playoff contending team. They have a decent, well, not decent. They have a pretty great offense in terms of the playmakers they have that would be catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. So from a fantasy perspective, that's a team I have my eye on because I just want to see what's going to happen with that backup quarterback position because if something were to happen and Mahomes got to, uh, gets injured or is ineffective, that's a situation where I think whoever is the backup would be thrust into like a fantasy starting role. I have two words for you. Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also think that's a, a good potential landing spot for Fitzpatrick just because, again, he's kind of got that backup pedigree and they want Mahomes to be the dude. They don't want any sort of controversy. Yeah. But those are the types of players you would expect to, to land there would be, you know, Fitzpatrick, maybe Smith, maybe Sam Bradford if, if he kind of gets lost in the shuffle of free agency and has to settle for a backup role somewhere. I could see that happening. But Geno's really interesting because. He has that mobility that Mahomes has to some extent. I mean, he doesn't have the other uh, traits that Mahomes has necessarily, but he's still 27, uh, Gino is, and I, I don't know. He's another guy who hasn't really gotten a fair shake in the NFL you know, since kind of flaming out as a very young player. Um, I, I really wanted to see the Giants kind of give him a legit shot last year when Eli was struggling. They let him start that one game, and then you know, all hell broke loose, so... Uh, he had to go back to the bench, but yeah, Gino, man, we we got to get him one more <laughs> shot at least before he's done, right? Oh, definitely. I think the only other team situation we haven't mentioned, I'll just throw out the Chargers just because Philip Rivers is 36, mm-hmm. Carl Jones is backup. They have pick 17 in the draft. I mean, it's not the like a top 10 pick, but it's pretty close up there that if they wanted to make a trade, they could. So I just want to throw his, that situation out there just because Rivers is 36 and who knows how much longer he has left. Yeah. They're interesting to me. I, I don't necessarily see them making a move for somebody to, to start over rivers anytime soon, just because they seem like a win now team. Like they have the defense, they have the offensive weapons. 
they kind of just need to stop being the Chargers and shooting themselves in the foot over and over again for a season. Uh, I mean, I, it really looked like they had a shot to make the playoffs this past year, and, and once again, you know, fell short. But I, I don't know. I, I it is interesting. They they could bring in somebody else to back up Rivers, and maybe Rivers gets hurt, and that player succeeds. But I don't necessarily see that as a you know a fertile quarterback planting area. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Okay. Well, Sal, that's all I've got, man. I think we should just shut this thing down, keep it keep it simple. Um, we're still kind of, again, shaking the rust off as we enter into the off season here. But you know, the combine will happen soon. Then it's draft time, and you know, after the NFL draft, it's you know really time to start thinking about fantasy and and how we're going to draft our teams. And I, I know that's your favorite part of the season. It's fine too. Is that draft prep, man? That's that's where two QB leagues really get deep on strategy, and I can't wait. Yeah, the uh, fantasy draft season will be pretty much just right around the corner. Well, why don't you let uh, the listeners know uh, where they can find you on social media, all that good stuff, and about anything else you, you want to plug here, whether it's your own work or, or anything else you've, you've been seeing out there in, in the fantasy football community. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at uh, 2QBFFB, same place I've been for the past, God, I think it's four years now I've been on Twitter. That's crazy. I remember not ever wanting to be on Twitter, and now it's pretty much all I do all day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it at first either, and this is still how I feel about Snapchat. To be fair, is like I just I, this is not for me. But I thought that Twitter was going to be like that, and then once I kind of realized what it was and what you could do with it, I, I, yeah, man, it's game changer. It's 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 an amazing platform. It's an amazing community if you follow the right people. Yeah, I mean, here's one thing, uh, like, I, I spend a lot of time reading content online, um, you know, conversing with people. So I want to give a shout-out to Josh Hermsmeyer at Frisco Josh on Twitter and his airyards.com website slash app. Amazing. Uh, he's doing fantastic stuff in the fantasy community. And if you haven't visited airyards.com, and I'm assuming since you listened to this podcast, you probably have. But if not, go check it out and just see the work that he's doing. He just created a new uh, quarterback app, which I believe it's just airyards.com slash QB. Yeah, airyards.com slash QB. So check that out, play around with that. So I just want to, you know, prop up someone he's not associated with the website. So, you know, it's and it's just not a paid endorsement of any kind. I just like, you know, giving props where props are due. Yeah, I actually, uh, on Patreon, I'm a patron of airyards.com and Josh's work because his stuff is something that I use literally every week during the season for my own, you know, team management and for my own articles. Like in those game robotics pieces that I was using, I would reference snap data from his site, other data from his site, and he puts it up there for free for everyone to use. It's amazing, and you should definitely be checking out airyards.com in all of your fantasy prep, whether it be off-season or in-season. It's an amazing tool. With that said, uh, if you have any questions for us uh, at the website 2qbs.com or, you know, just you want to chat, like we said, we, we talked about maybe having a a discussion uh, at the beginning of the show, whether political or not. I mean, we could talk about Black Panther, too, if you want. I, I, I'd be into that. Uh, hit us up at 2QBs, and you got to spell it out, T-W-O-Q-B-S. Our email address is spelled the same way, 2QBs at gmail.com. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to rate or review it, uh, please do that. A five-star review is all we really want. So if you're not going <laughs> to give it five stars, eh, don't worry about it. Uh, but... All those positive uh, reviews and reviews in general help us spread the word to the podcast and you know reach more people, continue to develop the two-quarterback community and the fantasy football community, so that's that's good. You can find me on Twitter, at Greg Sauce. Uh, Sal and I have an article together uh, where we kind of bantered back and forth via email uh, that's, that's coming out soon on the website, so keep an eye out for that. Um, otherwise, stop by, check out the new QB card images that we have, courtesy of Scott Smith uh, at RotoCards. And uh, those are awesome. The stats there are updated with 2017 stats. So, you know, average weekly finish for players, uh, top 10 finishes, top 20 finishes, uh, not only, you know, how many a quarterback had each season, but what the percentage was, you know, average per season total across multiple seasons. Like, lots of different data you can dive into there. Um, we published some sortable uh, quarterback data on the site as well. Uh, so if you, you can find that at the main menu of the site, 
just in general, come come check out 2QBs.com if you haven't already. I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you probably already do, but uh, we've already got stuff coming up for 2018. It's only going to get better as we go. Uh, draft guide eventually, too. Thank you all for listening. We will catch you next time. Adios. <laughs>